So we are live again on a podcast. I can't remember which one this is by now. Um, but today we're going to be talking about our general thoughts surrounding how you program for uh, maximum physical potential throughout someone's lifetime when they move through the spectrum and the continuum of beginners to intermediates to advanced, if they ever get there to the master's level towards their old age um, as an OAP. And as I said, just our general thoughts around there. Before we go into that load, just going to reintroduce ourselves to those that this is the first time listening. I'm Lee, um, one of the founders and owner of Base Training. And today we've got with us uh, one of our online personal trainers and programming coaches, Mr. Will Strathdee and uh, one, another one of our online personal training and programming coaches, Mr. Stefan Winder. So where for you guys, where can they find your social media? So Will, why don't you go first? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Will underscore Strathdee. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. That's just my name, Will Strathdee. What about you, Mr. Stefan Winder? Uh, <laughs> Same, uh, same uh, name as Will. It's uh, at coach underscore Stefan underscore Winder. Uh, you find me on Facebook, Stefan Winder, Strength and Movement Coach, and LinkedIn, just my name, uh, Stefan Winder, MSC. Throw that out there. <laughs> or have those letters behind the name. Oh, absolutely. I worked hard enough for them. Damn one. Right. <laughs> um, and for myself, you can find me at Lee Carter UK on Instagram and uh, Lee Carter. I think it's Coach Lee Carter on Facebook and uh, just my name on LinkedIn. So um, moving into it, what are, I'm going to go for you, Stefan, first. What are your general thoughts on just training for someone throughout their lifetime? Is that question we asked through the beginner, intermediate, advanced, masters, and then to the old age pensioner level? Awesome. Uh, so... <clears throat> It always starts with an assessment. Um, you've got to do your needs analysis. Like it's the classic S and C approach. You always got to find out where they are, where they want to go. Uh, I think that's always got to be your starting point because they might come to you and say, "On this level, they they interpret themselves to be, oh, I've been training for X amount of years. I am uh, a moderate to advanced exercise participant." Um, but in reality, um, they've got movement inefficiencies. They've been training incorrectly and um, what they thought was correct might be incorrect and uh, so you've really got to kind of go go through that assessment process to start with and uh, to actually find out where they truly are um, and then you can kind of work backwards from there I call it like reverse engineering see where they are now where they want to go and then you fill out the pieces from there I think that's the way like that always has to be a starting point what about yourself Will uh, yeah, so the same with Stefan, you have to assess them. Um, for me, quite a lot of people will think they're a beginner just within their first week or two of moving into uh, exercise work. They'll actually probably be in the beginner stage for close to a year, and they'll probably never reach the advanced stage um, because it, it just doesn't fit with general uh, health. We know that performance and health don't align. So to reach an advanced level of fitness, you're going to be pushing performance metrics there so most people are going to fall within the beginner to an intermediate kind of category for most of their life uh, in, in my opinion yeah i think that's quite important what you said there about um 
being in the beginner phase or in each of those phases for significant periods of time. Like if you're coming to us as a master's level client, so you're what above kind of the 40 to 45 mark and years of age, and you have got a very low training age, or you've maybe done something that's not that complex, let's say running, for example, most people can run, you've never done any resistance training, we are going to class you as a beginner. So you might be in that beginner stage for the rest of your life at that point. Because as you said, advanced level fitness doesn't equate to health. Um, it's, it's way past it at that point. So if you come to us saying, I want to become advanced and you're choosing movements that are actually very complex and very advanced and anything you want to get better at, I think there needs to be a discussion from the coach to the client around what health means to that client and what we think health means uh, for that client. What are your thoughts, Stefan? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it's yeah, it's it's kind of like um, that progression of skill model, isn't it? Um, it's unconsciously incompetent to start with um, when you're reintroduced to a movement or introduced, sorry, to a movement. Um, you're unaware of how to perform it correctly. You don't have that kinesthetic awareness yet, uh, and that takes time. Um, kinesthetic awareness. I mean, I didn't start to develop that really until maybe a year year and a half, two years into training. Um, you know, I started training when I was 15. And yeah, it took me a long time to start to develop that, you know, like that proprioception, that ability to be aware of what you're actually doing correctly or incorrectly is really difficult to achieve. And some people never achieve that. Uh, some people are wholly reliant on someone else looking at them and being able to give them that feedback. They can't, they don't have that, um, that proprioceptive feedback within them. It's, it's a, it is a hard skill to learn. So like Will was saying, you know, you could be, you're not just a beginner for a week or two. You could be a beginner for a, a year, two years, three years, potentially the rest of your life, like you're saying. If you're coming into it later on as well, if you've got, you know, degeneration of muscle tissue, ligaments, tendons, you know, like that's that's going to make it even harder for you to, to move out of that beginner phase. It's, it's a really difficult skill. Exactly. I think from a coach's perspective, it's quite hard to have a conversation around someone, especially with the um, the fitness ADD that has um, <laughs> that has struck the fitness industry and the clientele within it. People want to be doing stuff, different stuff, all of the time, which is fine. But from a coach's perspective, it doesn't work like that. Especially if you're coming to us from a beginner's phase, there needs to be consistency. There needs to be progression, and that might mean doing the same session twice a week for eight weeks and then advancing it a little bit by doing in changing the tempo and increasing the load and then doing that for another eight weeks and another eight weeks and so on and eventually you might end up within that system within that one style of program per se like you said for for a year to two years and from a coaching perspective that's hard to prescribe that sort of uh level of work because we want to we think that to go I've, I've thought in the past that to keep clients I need to keep them entertained and it has to be has to be fun i think then from at that point if that is your feeling as a coach you need to be having a conversation firstly with yourself you have to be confident in your own abilities you have to do a bit of introspection around your own self-identity and understand that the, what is best for that client and what they're actually coming to you for is results nine times out of ten first and foremost 
And if you don't give them results because you're scared that you're going to leave them, then there's a there's a disconnect and there's a lack of communication there uh, from the coach to the client. So if you are coaching that situation and you're having those thoughts, have a conversation with your client to discuss and align your uh, your priorities with their priorities and goals and your goals and make sure they are fit. Because if you're not, then you're going to struggle with keeping clients in general, let alone um, just keeping that one client. <clears throat> Yeah, you said you seem to have. Uh, you was going to say something a second ago. Was when Stefan was talking. Um, with with your like beginner beginner stage, you've got to kind of break it down into a beginner beginner, an intermediate beginner, and an advanced beginner. Mm. Comes in and say they can't squat, they can't do a goblet squat to a box. Um, they're going to be broken all the way down to uh, a split squat, an isometric split squat. So that stage, they're effectively a beginner, beginner, and you can advance them through towards a goblet squat to box, which is still quite a begin, a beginner's type movement. But at that stage, they're going to be an advanced beginner. They still haven't reached the intermediate stage, but they've advanced through that beginner stage towards intermediate. So you can kind of break beginners down into different categories as well, mm. and kind of program differently for an advanced beginner than you would someone that's just stepped foot in the gym for the first time in their life. Yeah, it's interesting. We're going to discuss on a later podcast how we might program for specifically for a beginner and an intermediate and advanced client and a master's and OP, so on. Um, but in general, this idea of max physical potential when reaching that over someone's lifetime, for a beginner, ideally we want to be, if you're, we want to be focusing on movement patterns first. So if you're a coach and you're struggling to program for that person and you're wondering why they're not progressing and, you, and you're giving them um, high intensity intervals and bicep curls, <laughs> then you are limited. <laughs> Can you imagine that as a, as a workout? <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you hate it? Definitely not. <laughs> Does it work? Um, Definitely not. Like, based on assessment, <laughs> that might be what, what someone needs, but I highly doubt it. But in terms of max physical potential, you're going to limit, you're going to lower their ceiling, theoretical ceiling for improvement by isolating parts before focusing on those patterns. Because as, as you rightly pointed to, when someone comes to us after the assessment, we need to have kinesthetic awareness. And for those who don't know what that means, is knowing what your arm is doing in relation to your torso. And <laughs> we laugh at things like that, but... I've had it in the past and in a, on an in-person um, situation where I've asked someone to bend their knee a bit more and they have gone to bend their elbow and they, they, they just don't know their body parts. They don't know that their knee is their knee. Can't make that connection. <clears throat> so if you're not focusing on movement patterns, you are limiting someone's potential. As we move into the intermediates, we're looking now to split those movement pattern part, movement patterns apart. So we might do a, a bend, in bend and a push and a um, squat and a pull type movement. So we're now starting to split them apart a bit. As we move into the uh, isolated movements, this is where someone's got enough kinesthetic awareness, enough proprioceptive feedback, so that if we notice that they can't do or uh, 15 pull-ups we notice that they're breaking down 
and it's the lats that are breaking down, we could do some isolated lat training to strengthen that up, whatever that might look like, a lat pull down, for instance. <clears throat> and then as we get on the other side of things, and as we've talked about, we someone might never actually get there. They might need, they might not need for general health to go through isolated training. It just won't have much of a, an effect or much bang for their buck uh, for the 45 minutes that they have to train. So as we move past that advanced level, we're back into the splits. So we're now starting to see degeneration, as Stefan mentioned, of ligaments and muscle tissue. People are actually getting catabolic now as opposed to anabolic. You're not going to be improving in your strength. Um, that's a very generic, uh, I suppose, a generic um, way of putting it. Some might, but for most, in most cases, we're going to see, start seeing the decline or the, the back down towards death because it is coming for all of us, unfortunately. And then as we get into OAPs, we're now back to full body movement. So we're looking for, because well, they because we haven't got as much time to be <laughs> far-arsing about, basically, with bicep curls. Um, so we need to get as much hormonal response, as much mechanical response as possible from every single movement that we're doing. So we're back into the deadlifts, we're back into squats, obviously, or squatting patterns, providing that they can squat at that point. Hopefully, if you've done the previous parts, <laughs> all right, you should be fine. Um, so <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah. Um, Do you disagree? No, completely, completely agree, to be honest. Um, mentioned there, like, the OAP side of things. Um, like, make sure we, we generate as much um, response as possible per movement, like bang for your buck. Um, and that's where, um, your, again, your assessment just comes in very, it's very critical, and it's making sure that you are getting the dose response correct at that point as well. Uh, there's no point giving them, you know, five sets of 10 um, at that point, because it's not going to benefit them. They've already got the stimulus that they're going to need. So um, dose response has to be correct at that stage, um, as, as well as all the other stages. If you're, like, if you're, um, I mean, we want progressive overload, but if you're overloading the athlete too much, it becomes overtraining very quickly. And that can also result in you moving back down um, into that, in advanced intermediate like moving back down the scale um so sensible programming has to be paramount and um correct correct stimulus has to be is, is crucially important yeah it's quite interesting what you say you're essentially referencing volume and load and when you get older that has to decrease yeah you can't just pile on session after session and expect to recover from it mentally you might think that you can but your your body is is breaking down unfortunately um, and we have to take that into account so when you when if you're if you stayed with the coach your coach for 25 40 50 years <coughs> excuse me and you're starting to see oh when i was 25 30 i was doing this much and now i'm 55 and i'm doing half of that level of volume and half of the load and you're having an argument with your coach saying I want more and that coach is saying no hopefully <laughs> you have to understand that is a key aspect and like as I said catabolism is happening we are breaking down at that point we're starting to decline and we're trying to just nudge that out we're just trying to resist that entropy as much as possible yeah trying to push it further to the right as much as we can right 
Exactly. What about you, Will? Disagree, agree? Points oh, to add? I agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, there's <laughs> On the fence, why don't you? One thing is that I disagree with everything you said. Um, yeah. Um, I think there's, there's too many people that, that don't realise what, what is happening physiologically as they move through those stages. Um, and they think they can fly from beginner to advanced very easily and very quickly. And they don't realise that as they get older and the decline starts to happen, that uh, less is actually going to be better for them um, because the, the the knowledge that is provided to them is, is not adequate. And that's why you see a lot of people probably above the age of 50 that stop training, stop going to the gym, stop doing anything they like until they're told or referred to by a doctor. Um, because when they've been going before, it's been completely inappropriate and they haven't enjoyed it, they haven't seen the results that they need. So they've given up because um, just the, the knowledge is inadequate. Yes, it's um like it's, it's classic, isn't it? Like you look at um football, like you know rugby players from maybe like the last 10, 15 years. As soon as they've retired, they've gone out and they've just gained a shitload of weight. Like they've they've got massive because they can't train the way they used to, and they just give up. Um, like there's some guys, you know, like Bill Beaumont. You know, he was amazing captain for England back in the day, and you look at him now, he's the chief of the RFU, but he is almost twice the size he was, and he was a big boy. Um, just because he, the knowledge isn't there, like you were saying, Will, the knowledge isn't there, um, and because they can't train the way they used to, when in reality we know they shouldn't be, because you are breaking down. Um, that's, yeah, I think that information is more readily available now in terms of getting that dose response correct. But I still think there's a lot to be desired, and I think the education is critical factor at that point um so having a coach that is aware of that of those physiological and neurological effects is is um critical i would say right like if you're coaching your client training them isn't just about exercise prescription just giving them reps and sets to do there has to be a plan for the future that the client is helping to build <coughs> and that they are being educated around the aspects that are within that plan so they they should understand why we do use tempo with near enough every strength exercise we do why we're doing the conditioning work that we're doing in while we're doing the long slow distance stuff as opposed to just smashing them in the face every time they walk into the gym and then how to appropriately apply those uh, doses of exercise to equate to longevity and vitality so that when they get to 60 to that sort of 60 to 90 mark, they're not fading as fast, not having the mental acuity problems, the recall problems that we tend to see from a lot of uh, sedentary or predominantly sedentary people as they get to that age. We start to see the psychological issues come out, Alzheimer's, all of these things are a product of, all these chronic issues, a product of lifestyle choices previously. Now, if we're in a performance setting, yes, we have to understand that if you're playing NFL, you are most likely going to die before you're 70 from all the concussions you've received, especially if you're like a forward or in rugby. Um, you're you're going to have some uh, like cervical and neck issues when you're older. Like those things are part of the sport, but we accept that 
that that is going to have an effect. If you're just training for longevity, like most of our clients are, training to be healthier, <coughs> training to live their life better through fitness as opposed to fix their life through fitness, then and if, if you've been doing it for five years with your trainer and you don't know why you're doing anything you're doing, that's a problem. That's a toxic relationship, in my opinion. Um, so understanding the reasons why you're doing things is absolutely critical to achieving longevity and autonomy with your client because you shouldn't have to pay a coach for the rest of your life to do something that's actually relatively simple on the face of it. There's a lot of complexity behind it. <coughs> But by the time you're 60, you should understand the basics of sets, rest, and tempo, exercise selection to get you by three times a week. Yeah. Live a healthy life. See your grandkids and play football with them. <laughs> we've all seen it. We've all seen or, or heard of someone who is 50 plus um, and they've gone to the gym, they've uh, hired a personal trainer. Um, this person's 50 plus, probably working eight to 10 hours a day, very high up in the company. Uh, and the personal trainer smashing them with high intensity circuits and things. So they've been thrown in at the intermediate stage. And when in reality, they're, they're a beginner. And what they need is very slow, easy aerobic work and tempo resistance training. But, so they'll leave their original personal trainer because they got injured. And then they'll be told that they're a beginner and they won't like it. Yeah. We, we will step up with that because they're, they're not being informed properly. and. They'll be shocked when they realise that they're a beginner. You have to develop the appropriate level of muscular endurance and movement patterns before you can move out of that beginner stage. And there's nothing wrong with being in that beginner stage for the rest of your life. Yeah. Working within that, there's nothing wrong with that if you execute on it perfectly. <coughs> cool. I think that's kind of a, a nice point to end on. We're two minutes over our time limit of 20 minutes. Oh, you did well. You did well. For those of you who don't know, we allocated 20 minutes for this podcast. Um, so actually, we've I think we've got a fair bit of information in, the, in there. Um, so the next one we're going to be talking about is programming for beginners. Um, we're going to do a, a full podcast on that and then a separate one for intermediates, advanced. So if you sit into any of those um, uh, groups of people, then tune into those podcasts and if you ever have any questions, again, feel free to send them in, contact us via our social media. Um, you would have heard those at the start of the podcast. You can contact us via email as well. Uh, just use our names and then at base.training. There's no.co.uk on there, or you can visit our website, www.base.training. So until next time, peace out. Beautiful.